Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Happy Monday. Yeah, here we go. New week. Let's do this. We're ready. Uh, are we ready? Yeah, we're ready. It's a, it's, a, it's a strange day. There's no school. It's nice and quiet. Is it? Uh, so far. Your children are in the building. Yeah, but I don't hear them right now. <laughs> okay. We're in a soundproof uh, <laughs> studio. So. But yeah, it's a quiet. It's, so yeah, it's a quiet morning. This morning we woke up. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But we miss our kids. They're, they're not in spring break. They had a long weekend. And back tomorrow they have a... Uh, their Easter break after after Holy Week, so but we missed them. So let's dive right in. Now you you were telling me before we started, you you got into a a little deeper at five thirty, that was not broadcast. That then your homily that uh, that you gave at ten thirty. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, it it always when you preach a homily, it always re- depends. Number one on, I would say number one on the disposition of the preacher, and I was I mean sort of fine at ten thirty. There were other things that are on my mind at ten thirty, and uh, and I'll you know and thankfully ten thirty mass God bless you know the people always very receptive always five thirty you know I was I was there you know and the call just had a brilliant set list yesterday for for their music and it kind of you know it moved I mean, not, not that ten thirty was you know if Lewis is listening they ten thirty did amazing but you know the call just brought it yesterday and. Uh, so and there were things that you know when you when you have a second homily uh, during a weekend or during a Sunday you're like you know what I really want to go deeper on this or I don't want to you know let me leave this part out that didn't work at ten thirty it's kind of like you're still you're still tinkering when I have a vigil mass it's when I tinker the most oh. you know it's like it's like the rough draft and then you kind of like uh, and you think Father well, shouldn't you do that you know before I, well yeah you do there's things that I th- there's a literally I, I don't know where no I put the I don't have I don't have the Post it with me. I usually carry with me for the homily, but um, the there's things that there was literally one thing that I want to say that I literally scratched off on Saturday that I didn't want to that I didn't want to mention that it was too much. And I think I may have mentioned it at five thirty. I, I don't remember now, but there's that's where it's the way the spirit moves you. And and what I wanted to focus on most and more than anything, and that's how I started the homily, is the patience of God. And I started off very dramatic, you know, very quiet. Everybody's like going, Father, start, Father, start, Father, start. And there was a whole point behind that. Yep. It's like, you know, our God is a very patient God. We're the ones that are impatient with him. When we ask him for something, when we, when we think that he's not listening to our prayers, when we think that, you know, that he, he's ignoring us. No, our God is, is a patient God. We are the ones that are impatient with him. So we have the parable of the fig tree that's presented us in the gospel. Where the owner comes in and says to the garden, "Wait, this thing isn't producing fig. Cut it down." He goes, "Only give, give me a year. Let me you know fertilize it, put manure around it. You know, just you know help it. You know, you know take good care of it, and it'll produce fruit. And if it doesn't, when you come back in a year, I will cut it down." So why does Jesus give us this parable yesterday? Well, you have to go to the beginning of yesterday's gospel when he's when people are bringing him examples of uh, of, of tragedies that had happened in. In, in and around Jerusalem, 
and people have been perishing and people have been killed and and he goes do you think that you're any different from those people because the mentality was well if these people perish is because they had done some abominable sin so jesus says you don't think you're any different from those people because if you do not repent you will surely perish and that's something that saint paul in the second reading is telling the Corinthians, it's like, don't get overconfident. Just because you said you've accepted Jesus by word, you know, you're not living it out because look what happened to the Israelites, which we hear about in the first, you know, in the first reading, the beginning of the Exodus event when God calls Moses. You know, the people, in, the, the Israelites, when they were when they left Egypt, you know, St. Paul says they grumbled in the desert, they, they were complaining about everything, and many of them were struck, he uses the word struck down by God. They were, they did not, they were struck down in the desert, and they did not see the promised land. So Jesus uses the word repent. I don't like using, I, I, I said it yesterday in the homily, it's a very tired, uh, I guess, gimmick when you're giving a speech or you're giving a homily. Yeah. You know, Oxford's Dictionary <laughs> you know, defines repentance. But I was like, you know, when we go to the origins of the word repent, and I, w- and I don't have it in front of me here, but it's like, so, you know, Repent is a word that we heard on Ash Wednesday when we when the when the um, when the, when the uh, ashes, ashes are, are us, yeah. exactly. So when the when the ashes were put on our forehead, we we heard the words repent and believe in the gospel, and so the the definition was, you know, when we feel a sincere regret or remorse about a wrongdoing or sin that we have committed, and that was something that I wanted to, to really harp on yesterday. And that's what Jesus is talking about. If you don't feel sincere regret for your transgressions, if you don't really repent, Jesus says, you will perish. He's very clear. But we're thinking, "Ah, that's the overconfidence Mm -hmm. the Corinthians are having. We heard in the psalm, the Lord is kind and merciful. Yes, he is. And he's also patient. But if we don't show fruits of our repentance, then we were expecting God to, you know, to just say, you know, deliver us immediately. And I said it very bluntly yesterday in the evening mass. I go, if you keep waiting and keep putting off that confession and keep putting off that repentance, you keep putting off that purpose of amendment, which I harped on a lot yesterday, which is what we need to do when we go to confession. It's not just confessors and say, I'm going to avoid doing those sins. If we keep putting that off, I said to the people, you're going to drop dead. May not be now. It may not be. And people were like looking at me like, uh, man, father's t- taking a morbid turn. I go, I'm like, folks. It's Lent, baby. Nope. I go, folks, <laughs> if you walked in this church not realizing you're going to die one day, then yeah. I can't help you. But it's something that we have to be cognizant of our mortality and realize that, you know, like it was a great, I've used this phrase many times because it was a great uh, T-shirt in, in the early 90s. Or, or Yeah, in the early 90s. Remember in the youth group that I was in, we showed these T-shirts, and they were really funky faith T-shirts that all these wonderful saints. And there was one of them that really caught my eye that I've never forgotten. And those, it goes, those that wait, those who wait for the eleventh hour, die at ten thirty. And you see a oh, person wow. that's killed over. That's good, right? <laughs> that's good. Those who wait till the eleventh hour, die at ten thirty. Yeah. We can't keep putting it off because you don't know when the owner of the vineyard is going to come. Right. And cut off that fig tree. Yeah, you know, when, when I was teaching high school, and it would drive me crazy when my kids would say this, but I've, 
I mean, I'm, not, I'm not just going to put it on them. I've caught myself doing this too. You say, oh, you know, I can go to confession tomorrow. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, whatever. It's just the weekend. I can go to, con- we, there's class confessions on Thursday. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. You know, I, he'll, God will forgive me. Yeah, and it's that, you're, you're talking about that overconfidence. And sometimes we have this perception of, of Jesus as the super nice guy. You know, who's just going to be like, yeah, you know, you're my buddy. It's all good. No worries. You know, I, and yes, there's an element of, of, yes, I forgive you and I'm going to forget about it. But by the same token, you know, Jesus calls out repeatedly, you know, and, and when he, when he forgives sin, says, go and sin no more. Yep. You know, your, your faith has saved you. Go and sin no more. You're forgiven. Don't do that again. You know, so, so there's that element of, yes. We have the confidence that if we are sincerely remorseful, if we have that that true spirit of repentance, we will be forgiven. But by that same token, you know what the, what the church teaches, what Jesus has told us Himself is there has to be, and we hear it in the act of contrition. You know that willingness to put our best foot forward to, to not continue to fall into that into that trap of sin. And you said it when you talked about, you know, I'm gonna, you know. It's okay, you know, there's confession tomorrow, there's confession yeah, yeah, on Saturday. Tomorrow's and no it, guarantee. Exactly. <laughs> and listen, that, and that's a sin. It's called presuming mm. on God's mercy. Yep. Now, thankfully, when we go to the confessional, we are absolved. God embraces us. He is patient. He is loving. He is merciful. But let's not abuse that generosity. Let's not, not presume on God's mercy, which is a sin. And that's something as a priest and as a penitent all worries me sometimes that because we have confessions every Saturday morning, you know, it's like kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card. And listen, thank God we do. There was a movie that I, I, I don't want to say the name of the movie because the movie, you know, I love the point of the movie. This is a movie I saw, I want to say, maybe 10 years ago. I love the point of the movie. And it was about a Catholic family, and it was about a young man who would go to confession every Sunday morning before Mass to confess all the crazy things he did on Friday on and Saturday yeah. night. And the priest, it would, they would go through the motions, and the priest would absolve him. I'm trying to remember because the, the movie you know, was great for three quarters of the way and then just took a weird turn towards the end. As, as as this character evolved, in that when he switched up the confession, then he got the priest's attention. And the priest kind of challenged him a little bit. And so that's why I focused so much yesterday in the homily on that purpose of amendment, that we say it in the, in, in the act of contrition, as you said, is that, you know, to sin no more. You I know, firmly intend. I firmly intend, with the help of thy son, to avoid the near occasion of sin, to sin no more. And we need to approach Lent, approach confession. And by the way, Father Omar is going to give a, a, a talk on Formation Wednesday this, this uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. on how to make a good confession. And this is part of it. Because making a good confession is not only confessing your sins, confessing your deepest, darkest secrets, but saying, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, the and, thing- and, and, if you, and that goes beyond just a good uh, examination of conscience too, yeah. Because because there's there's the the looking back portion. You know this is this is what I've done or what I haven't done. But there's also 
the looking ahead portion, you know, where, you know, I did X, Y, and Z. I, I'm sorry for it. And now, you know, really, really putting it into practice of how do I avoid that moving forward? Yeah, and, and I've caught myself, you know, I don't want to point out anybody, but because I've caught myself doing it, so I don't need to talk about anyone else going, yeah, I did X, Y, Z. I'm really sorry for it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to avoid it. And then, you know, a day later, boom, I'm, I'm falling into that same pit. You know, so, so it's, it's both the, the looking back, but that intention to, to, to give it up, to stop it, to avoid it. You know, easier said than done, but. Right. I, we hear confessions every week. We hear confessions almost daily as priests. And one of the things that I prayed for when I was in seminary is to be a good confessor. We've all had experience with bad confessors. And, right. and if you have, on behalf of our, my brother priests, I apologize. Do not let that be a pretext for not going to confession again. And, but, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this. I've been debating whether or not to, to talk about it, but I will. I almost mentioned it yesterday in the homily. But this is why we have the podcast. There was one time as a priest that I went to confession. That I, you know, I usually I would, you know, I would grab a priest that, you know, I don't want to grab the priest of the house, but I would grab a priest, this was years ago, uh, that was visiting or a priest, you know, yeah. somebody that was visiting or something. So I, I asked a visiting priest who was visiting one of the fellow priests of the house. Uh, I, I said, Father, do you mind hearing my confession? He looked a little annoyed, so I took him into the chapel, said my confession, and I'm ready for the, you know, as priests, you know, you don't know what you're going to get, yeah. unless you're going to the same, <laughs> you're going, you're, unless you're going to your confessor, but, you know, you don't know how another priest is going to react, because we, obviously, we should be held to a higher standard, but I'll never forget these words, you sound like you've given this confession before, I'm like, well, yeah. You know, it's like I always tell people, when people come to me and say, Father, you know, I need to go to confession. It's the same sins. I go, better the same sins than new ones. Yeah. Uh, and so he really took me to task. And it was a miserable experience. And I was there, and I was left in that chapel feeling like a worm. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, okay. And I came out a little angry a little peeved that, you know, I reach out for a priest for mercy and, you know, well, yes, he gave me absolution, thankfully, but, <laughs> you know, I was like, he could have been a little better. Now, when I look back, I'm like, okay, let me look at this again. You know, maybe I deserve that, you know, slap, you know, slap, you know, slap around that he gave me. Maybe because... I was maybe presuming on God's mercy. Oh, there's a visiting priest tomorrow. I, I, I you know, I, I'll go to confession tomorrow. And it was just that experience. And I go, I don't know why I think about that a lot, especially when I'm in the confessional. You know, when I'm praying that God give me the grace to be like a John Vianney, to be like a Padre Pio, to be able to have patience, to be able to hear confessions, to be able to deal with the people of God, to be able to deal with, you know, as, as a priest friend of mine said, the excrement of the human soul and to be able to give mercy the way that Jesus gives mercy. And so when St. Paul is talking about the second reading yesterday about even being overconfident, sometimes 
We may walk into the sacrament feeling, oh, it's okay, I'm going to walk in there, walk into the confession box, and we walk out, and we'll be fine. And yes, that's true, but maybe we need, maybe you need your, 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 your confessor or your, the priest that you go to confession to or, or the parish you go to confession to. Maybe you need that priest to be a little bit harsher with you and, say, okay, and ask you, all right, that's great. Now, what are you going to do to fix it? And I've asked that of people before. Okay, that's great. How are we, how are we going to fix it? What are we going to do concretely, spiritually, to be able to combat X, Y, or Z sin? Because that's what we need, lest we fall into that trap of overconfidence and not truly be remorseful. Because if we think, oh, you know, I'll be, I'm going to be back here next week with the same thing. Right. But you know, what I always tell people is like, all right, let's make a goal this week. All right, yeah, you, you confess X, Y, and Z. All right, let's eliminate, see if we can eliminate Z and then, you know, bring back X, Y, and X and Y next week. Just so we could see some progress. And there are things, I'm going to say, there's things that I had in my youth that are no longer there, Sure, thankfully. <laughs> and you become a pastor and there's other things. You know, but, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, bless me, Father, Friday of sin. You know, I was talking about patience. I've been impatient. You know, Please give me the fruit of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that is patience. Right. And that's why it's so important to talk about that yesterday. Yes, our God is patient. Our God is waiting for us, which we'll get into next week. Our God is waiting for us, whether it be in the confession, whether it be in the Eucharist, whether it be in our churches, whatever it is, he's waiting for us. The thing is that we grow impatient when we don't see those fruits. And, and yes, the sacrament does of reconciliation does have grace, they may spur a change in us, but we need to go in there firmly resolved and with a spirit of repentance, and it's something we're constantly praying for. Listen to the prayers during Lent and Mass. Give us a spirit of, repention, of, of, of repentance, Lord, of being, like, re repelled by our sin. I'm re you know, it, it kind of makes me repugnant. Like Give us a spirit of compunction. There's one that says, give us a spirit of compunction, O Lord, to be able to, to look past, you know, our sins, to be able to, to, you know, not to look past our sins, but to be able to, to look into our sins and to realize that not only do they offend you, but they offend me and my, and my humanity. Like, for example, I just said the spirit of compunction. Compunction is a feeling of guilt, of moral scruple that prevents or follows the doing of something bad. You just looked up another definition. I did. <laughs> Because it's like we don't hear those words of that often, course. or we don't care, or we hear them and it's like it, it doesn't register. Right. It doesn't register. So we need that spirit of compunction, that spirit of like we're you know something so repugnant. I don't I don't tell you, but I have to tell the priest. I have to tell the Lord in confession. You know, I've I've loved I love teaching kids about. Confession, the little ones especially. Yeah. And, and you just had this experience because we had our first penance with, with the second graders and now we've got our religious ed first penance coming up next week. And they all, they're so nervous. Oh, it's, it's the first time they, they're doing it, so it's understandable. But I, I like talking to them right before, you know, as, as they're in line waiting to go into the... I'm like, oh, are you nervous? It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I go, why are you nervous? Oh, you're, you're talking to Jesus. And Jesus already knows everything you're going to say. So you're not you're not going to surprise him. You just got to tell him, and and he's going to forgive you, and he's going to love you, and you're gonna it's gonna be the the best bath that you've ever taken in your life. <laughs> yeah. 
so they so they go in and they're still shaking and they they come out of the confessional and I meet them there so that they can put their little sheep in the sanctuary and I tell them you know how was it oh it wasn't that bad you know how do you feel I feel great you know I feel wonderful and it's just this this innocence of them going you know and yeah they're they're seven eight years old you know what can they possibly confess but you know, as I as I look at them and I and I interact with them and I see their faces and, and just the joy that they have, you know, to come out of that confessional, where where they just confess nothingness basically, but the joy that they have in their heart, you know, and, and the lightness that that they're walking around with, is just so. I, I, I love it. that's my favorite part of the whole preparation process for first communion is that night of first penance. Yeah, so, so there's there's something that we can learn just from 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 them, you know, from from these seven year olds going yeah. to confession and and giving you know what little they've done, you know, putting it there and giving it up and saying, okay, the Lord took care of it, you know, the Lord the Lord the Lord loves me and and on we go. And it is a joy, God, my my goodness, it is a joy to hear a first confession confession because they come in so nervous and they, you see their smiles as they walk out, like you like you mentioned. And we pray for that grace for ourselves, that we feel that. But if we know we're going to be right back in line next week, then are we doing it right? I may have, you know, and, I, and I've said this to some people, you know, let, let's, you know let's, let's try to do good this week so you're not in line next week. Let's try to avoid the things that bring us back to confession. Now, if it's, listen, there are plenty of people that do devotional confessions once a week, and that's fine. I know plenty of priests that do that. The Pope does it. You know, the Pope goes every two weeks. Now, but, I was going to ask you about that. Well, that's, uh, it's a fine line between, uh-huh. you know, I know there's confession every Saturday. I'm going right. to be there no matter what. And, and yes, yeah, sometimes it's out of you know, a Devotion? sincere desire to, yeah. you know, I, I messed up this week, and, and it's, you know, I really tried to to change and to, to avoid it, and, and I fell in, and, and I want to get right back up. You know, so it's that fight. Where do you, where, where's your take on, Oof. you know, going, no, I mean, going every week versus, I mean, yeah, I, I will admit I can go more often. I, I don't go every week. I, no, I, do I. I, I? I go once a month. <laughs> I wish I was going once a month. I, I should probably strive for that, you know. No, but I, but I, where, what, what's, uh, I hear you, you know, what's your take on that, on that tricky balance to keep? It is a tricky balance. I mean, listen, the priest, we don't get upset. When we have the same clientele week after week, you know, we're, we're, we are extraordinarily thankful that we need five priests on Saturday morning to be able to hear confessions over an hour and a half because the lines are so long. And it is a blessing because it wasn't like that before the pandemic. We, we would have two priests every Saturday. And I remember that, yeah, we would hear confessions, you know, like continuously till around 9.30-ish, 9.30. And then it was like, okay, stragglers that came in later. But now we have five priests, sometimes four or five priests, hearing confession on Saturday mornings. And we don't care why you're there. We don't care if, if you've been, you were there last week or the week before or the week before that. We're just happy you're there. God's happy that you're there. And if you're doing that because you do it every week or you do it every two weeks and you may not have the biggest sins to confess, you just want the grace of the sacrament, that's fine. That's why we're there. That's where the sacrament exists. But like I said, like I told you, I go to confession once a month. And there are times when where 
I go to confession because it's my time. You know, you know. I was gonna say it's that time of the my time of the time of the month. <laughs> Sound a little bit. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, girls. Anyways, um, but yeah, because it's you know I, I go and I walk in and I walk out and I'm like, or later that night when I'm when I'm praying, I'm like, what was that? Did did I do? You know, was I good? Was was that was that okay? I mean, maybe it's, it, a lot of his scruples. A lot of it is shame for your own sins. Pope Francis always talks about shame is a good thing because it makes us cognizant of our sins. It makes us say, you know what? I need to confess it because I'm ashamed of it. Yeah, and I think we need to hear that more often. What? Sh- I need to shame my people more no, often? No, no, not. <laughs> no, that that shame can be... Fruitful, yeah. Can, can be placed in a positive light because when do we ever talk about shame, you know, of, of the, the benefits of shame? You know, I, I tell the story often. I, the best confession I ever went to was with Father Stephen. And, and I went, and I'm confessing, and the smile on his face is growing larger and larger. And I'm, it's so bizarre, because I'm here bearing my soul, and here's this, this priest smiling, who's already a joyful priest, you know, smiling from ear to ear. And when I finish, and this is, this is the line that, that will stay with me forever, he starts laughing. You know, and not laughing at me, just his jovial laugh. And he says, oh, it's a good day, you know. The Lord rejoices because you've confessed your sins. Mm-hmm. You know, so often we paint this picture of confession as, you know, like I said earlier, you know, Jesus, the nice guy, is going gonna, is gonna to love you and forgive you. And, it's, and yes, it is a, a joyful moment where, where you go and, and, and you are absolved. You know, I don't want to downplay that. But we don't often hear what you just said. You know, that, that shame can be positive. Can be can be a positive feeling for us as as we reflect, you know, because yes, we, we like to go into confession, confess, and like forget about it, you know. But we need to hold on to, as we said, you know, not just a looking back, but a looking forward. We need to hold on to that, you know, that that disgust for, you know, anything and everything that's going to turn us away from God. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it, we word. we can't we can't just you know whitewash everything, because we we need to be cognizant of. You know, I need to I need to put one foot in front of the other, moving forward, you know, and avoid everything that 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 I just confessed. Yeah, and and this these are all things that we need to put in our toolbox as we get. If you haven't gotten a confession already, I know the confession lines are start getting longer as we get closer to Holy, and then Holy can really be long. But my friends, you know, yeah, I love the word that you use, disgust. Again, it's that repugnance for the things that we've committed. It's things that we would not be happy about if it's brought to the light of day. So, but we bring them before God. And what Father Stephen says is so true. Because I have not said those exact words, but I've, I've said something similar that I don't switch right to used to tell me. It was like, you, are, you, you know, now you are as clean as the day you were baptized. You are as pure as the day you were baptized. And that, you know, I pray that gives people a sense of a feeling forgiven, a feeling of grace, a feeling of, of wow something powerful that I just did and not just go through the monotony of doing it just because, you know, I do it once a week or I do it because it's my get out of jail free card. So going back to your question there, yeah, there is a little bit of a fine line because there is a presumption of God's mercy, of of God's mercy, which is a sin. You know, a sin that I I just realized I haven't confessed in a while, but it is a sin (laughs) that we realize, you know, it doesn't matter. God's going to forgive me. But that's what Paul is talking about to the, to the, to the, 
to the Corinthians. You know, it is, you know, in the chapter start, the, the chapter, the New American Bible is open in front of me, and, the t you know, it gives the, the title of the chapter is Warning Against Overconfidence. And later on in, in, this, in this reading, in this chapter, beyond the reading we heard yesterday, St. Paul says these things happen as examples. Things happen in Israel. It happens as examples. So we might not desire evil things as they did. So we may not be struck down. So do not become idolaters as some of them did. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to rebel. Let us not indulge in immorality as some of them did and 23,000 fell within a single day. And I love this line. Let us not test Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 9. Let us not test Christ as some of them did and suffered death by serpents. That is so true. Because we're, you know, we're testing, we're presuming on his mercy. Yes, he is merciful. Yes, he will forgive us. But we have to show remorsefulness. We have to show sincere remorse. We have to show that we have repented. Because more often than not, because it's happened to me as I've gone into the confessional, or I've sat down for confession, that I just say it out of habit, here are my sins, and, do, and I say the act of contrition, but do I mean it? Am I truly repenting and saying, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I'm going to make concrete steps, and that's what goes into, and hopefully that's something Father Omar will touch upon on Wednesday when he gives a talk on how to give a good confession, how to make a good confession, that we make take concrete steps after we walk out of the confessional to say, I will not do this anymore. So all of these things are tools that the Lord and the church give us during Lent to be able to make a good confession, to be able to repent, and to be able to be in the grace of God. And I ended my homily as I will end the podcast, this segment today. You know, sometimes we have to hit rock bottom, and sometimes we have to lose everything to realize how much God loves us and how merciful He is. And that's where next week's gospel picks up. Sweet 16! We're dancing! We're still dancing! Still dancing! Still dancing! We're dancing in the studio, folks. Glad there's no camera. <laughs> oh. I. A. M. I. M. I. A. M. I. Fight, fight, fight. You know, that's, ma that's making it to the new sports segment intro. That, that's fine. <laughs> the U, the U, the U. That was, oh my goodness, what a game last night, Jorge. I will be honest. Oh, here we go. I know. I, I, you didn't respond to any of my texts yesterday. I go, the kids are driving them crazy. No, we were we were oh, out so with some, we were out with some friends. Oh. Uh, and it couldn't have been timed more perfectly. I know. Because it was seven thirty at night. When do you go out on a Sunday night? We we went out with some friends. You never go out on a Sunday. You night. know, we're making community with our fellow pre K three parents. Great. That's wonderful. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> when I when so you, so I was I was following Game Tracker. Oh, no. Uh, and then we got home. Obviously, the whole put the kids down. Mm -hmm. Takes a while, right? And then I had to, I, I had to run a few errands before because I didn't want to have to do it this morning. 
So I, I didn't watch. I feel sh- we were talking about shame, right? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't watch a second of the game. I was following it on Game Tracker. All right, I'm, but I, I'm motioning to the bullpen. I need a yeah, new co-host for this um, morning. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, Forgive wow. me, Father. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> My goodness. And now the next game is like 10.45 at night, so you know. No, that, that's perfect for me because I have something on Friday night, and I'm, th- and I'm praying. I pray this game is late Friday because uh, we, we have something. I have something on so they, no, I didn't see that last night. Yeah. Ten forty. Wow, that's that's late. Wow, but but we're dancing. Me, we're no, dancing. No, listen to me. Uh, Auburn is the number two. Uh, was the number two number seed. Number two seed. Number two seed. At one point this year, they were number one team in the nation, and they were like, um, you know, they have this this uh, this player Jabari Smith, who I don't think he got the memo there was a game yesterday. Because you, I, I put this box score in front of you, and Jabari Smith had what? Uh, he had he was three for sixteen shooting and had, uh, I can't read a box score now for some reason. He he didn't do he didn't have a very good he didn't have a very good game. So total points he had ten TP. Uh, it sends a point. Yeah. I'm usually looking for PTS, which is points. Yep. They put it as TP, TP, which means something else. But that's that's <laughs> another story. Well, that's how he played yesterday. Uh, he was. The they said it was the biggest recruit in Auburn's history. In fact, some people, if he declares for the draft, some people project he may go number one. Oh, well. uh, if I, the Heat had the first draft, I wouldn't go anywhere near him. Now he had a great game against Jacksonville State, but we ain't no Jacksonville no, State. No sir. But let me. Uh, okay, so just to fill you in, since you're, he's just telling me this right, right now, now as we're recording because I didn't want to spoil the reaction because oh, I know man. I know it's going to be a good one. Oh man. <laughs> Okay, so we we busted out to a big lead. The same thing happened, you know, when Wong scored all the fir- the first points against uh, Isaiah USC. Wong. We no, got We have to call out. No, we 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 called him out last often. week because he didn't play well against Duke in the in the AC tournament. We're on to something here and, on yeah, Monday morning homily. We did it for Duvall, and now we're gonna do it for somebody later on in the, in, in this segment. My guy. So um, <laughs> not only did so Wong scored the first points in the USC match on mm-hmm. uh, on Friday. And it was Jordan Miller, I believe, scored the first six points in the game, and it was it was very early on, and yeah. we jumped out just like we did on USC. We jumped out on Auburn, led for nine points. They kind of made a little run at the end of the first half. Now, Charles Barkley came on, and I'm waiting to hear what he has to say. And he was very, very first of all coherent, succinct, and called out to go. Listen, Coach Larryanga put a great game game plan because. Number 13, the second guy on your list, on your box score there mm-hmm. for, for Auburn. He is a tall dude, okay? And the way you get at Miami, I don't know why USC or uh, Auburn haven't done this, is use, you know, bang it on the inside, you know, post up. We have four guards out there. The only guy we have out there that's tall yep. is Wardenberg. Wardenberg, yep. You know, so he's the only one that's out there and, and you know, that's tall. So... Kessler, Larry Yang at the beginning isolated him. He got into foul trouble. He got two fouls in the first four minutes. They had to pull him. Couldn't do anything. They could not find. They did bring it down to one point game by halftime. Yep, I saw that. And it could have been. They could have I, taken I did the lead. See that. Mm, great. <laughs> and then second half, we just ran away. They could not find offensive cohesion. Auburn, our defense. One thing, and and Bill Raftery said it. At the beginning of the match, we have sticky fingers. We forced a lot of turnovers yeah. against uh, USC. We forced oh, we a lot seven, of turnovers. Seventeen turnovers. Yeah, they had seventeen turnovers. We've had no. That was yeah. That's turnover. No, that's points from turnovers. 
but the uh, turnovers are somewhere else on that stat sheet. But they oh, they 13, 13 turnovers. They had 13 turnovers. We have had only seven over the first two games. And listen, they say you know football is very easy. You just move, you just go forward. In baseball, just hit the ball. Yep. You see the ball, hit the ball. In basketball, you don't turn the ball over. You're going to be successful. And that's what UM did. They had sticky. They forced turnovers. They played great defense. Wong had a great game. Charlie Moore had a great game. McGusty started off a little, you know, slow, but mm-hmm. he was 10 for 18, for, you know, from the field. Would like to see his three-point uh, shot go in. He was 0 for 5. 0 for 5. Yeah, Charlie Moore was 2 for 3. Wattenberger made one also. Uh, but all in all, you know, you had McGusty had 20 points. Uh, Isaiah Wong had 21 points. And he could really, Isaiah Wong, my goodness, did you see the, you, you see anything of the dunk? The dunk, Jabari yes, Smith. Yes, I saw the posterized the Jacksonville State on his kid, head, and then Isaiah Wong posterized, <laughs> you know, uh, Jabari Smith, and we're going on to the Sweet Sixteen. Third, and third time under Coach L. Yes, and I believe have we made it fourth to the time Elite Eight? We've never made it to the Elite Eight, so we're playing. Here we go: the Hurricanes versus the Cyclones, Cyclones. of Iowa State. Who upset in, uh, Wisconsin in the, in the windy city? In the windy city, yeah. The the <laughs> the, the, the sideline report. Tracy Wilson said that at the begin at the end of the at the end of the broadcast when she was interviewing uh, uh, Coach Larry Nanga and and Charlie and Charlie Moore. But what a magnificent game! A great way to end the weekend, you know. And, and shout out to our Lady Canes who, who won their first game in the tournament and then ran into a buzz saw. In but South they held Carolina, them. They, they held them to no, they held like them to forty nine points. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty that's pretty good. Uh, and but you know they they exited gracefully. You know they were the at South Carolina's number one team in the country, and they're probably going to win the national championship. And they're also playing on their home court. So, but the the, the Mayo Canes, my goodness, what a game yesterday! And and Charles Barkley, you know, he had the crow at the end. He's like, listen, this is all, and he said, almost said all about the U. This is all about Miami. He said all about Miami. <laughs> he said he got a text from Warren Sapp. He congratulated the Rock. He goes, all these guys. Uh, the, now, how's how's your bracket, Father? All right, so now we're going to go into our bracket. How's your bracket? No, I you got were, off to a rough start, right, but, but I, thing, I'm breathing. You, you know, you barely. You, but I'm, you have Arizona winning. I have Arizona. Winning I have Gonzaga, and Arizona tipped off was the last game to tip off, and you were probably long since gone when they tipped off that basketball game. And I was, you know, I was had it on in the background. I was doing some reading, and then I was fighting off sleep, and I was like, you know what, Arizona looks like they have control. But when I was about to say, you know, let me turn in. I see you, TCU, uh, Texas Christian yeah. had taken the lead. I'm like, ooh, I got to stay up to watch this. <laughs> the game ended at 12:36. NCAA, why do you only do three games between 12 and five, and then stick everybody else at the end of the day? Like, why is UM starting at 10? 10:45. I mean, we're playing. I mean, I was only one hour behind yeah. us. Come on, but it's 10:11. You knew they were going to put. I believe the, in that in that bracket, the other the other game is Providence and Kansas. That's the number one and the number four and the number four seed. You knew that was going to, they were going to take that that better matchup and put it oh, in for prime sure. time. So, for sure. But my brackets. Uh, oh, looking, ten o'clock. I'm sorry, ten o'clock, not ten forty five. Wow, ten forty five. That sounded a little too much. Uh, Nine fifty nine, if we're being accurate. Okay. So, my brackets looking good, but you were so close yesterday. Arizona was losing late. Yeah. They needed a three towards the end of that game to tie it and send it into overtime, and then. You know, I haven't shown you the highlights. They should have, could have won in regulation because they stole the ball. Mind you, when they stole the ball, they fouled the dude from Texas Christian at the at the at the times at the time line, yeah. 
and took it over. And the guy dunked it to win the game, except that when he dunked it, the red light had gone. Oh. All he had to do was like so basically just float it. float it into the basket, and he would have won regulation. I'm like, if this costs Arizona the game, yep. it blows up. It blows up Jorge. I needed Jorge's bracket. I needed them to win. So you saw a path to you winning our you know school. Yeah, we have we have an staff. office pool, which we got 22 people this year. That's, that's great. That's awesome. I have a path because uh, I think I'm the only one in the in the entire uh, pool that has UCLA into the Elite Eight. Interesting. So that's, and they, that's and they 40 points well, right there. Well, and UCLA plays North Carolina, who beat Baylor, took down the, the defending yeah. national champions. So uh, obviously I need Arizona to win the whole thing. And then, and then I go basically head-to-head with, uh, with Coach Brian, who's the only one with Arizona in front of me. Right. And I've got, I've got about 120 points on him if the Sweet 16 breaks my Last way. year's winner, Miss Marty, our vice principal, she won the whole thing. And she has been on top or near the top of, the, yeah. of our standings since the beginning of the tournament. And, I, and she has Gonzaga just like I have Gonzaga. And I asked you on Saturday, I don't see a path to me. And then I looked at it. And Texas Tech was my is saving my saving grace. Thankfully, they were yep. trailing. They went and they beat. I just they, need I need Kansas to, if Kansas makes a run, I'm, done, Dame, I'm toast. Yeah, they Texas Tech went and and I and I not only that I passed Miss Marty yesterday. There you go. I'm fourth. Who, who's who's leading? I think Coach Brian is leading. I'm a I'm a huge Providence fan this week. Why? Who, who's because I, I need Providence to knock off Kansas. Oh okay. Do you have Providence moving on? No, I just. That's uh, that's forty points. Well, you know, it's, we're going for the Catholic school. We are. Let's you go. Know, so, <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's it's it's. Been, I love this time of the year. It's a it's been a great tournament. St. Peter's. Can we talk about St. Peter's oh. taking down Kentucky and blowing up brackets? Half of your final four is gone. Gone. Iowa. Half, half of my final four was gone in the first six games. No, no, Iowa didn't lose the first game. With the the, the first Kentucky, half, Kentucky, Kentucky the first lost half it. of the first day. I had lost half my oh okay, half my but, final. But I will, I will lost in the. I think they lost in the semifinal, right? Wait, no, no, I will, I will lost the open their opening game. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, remember we talked about I lost, I lost Kentucky and I lost Iowa right, right off the bat. I, we I had a rough first day, but but I recovered nicely. We talked about it last week that those pesky five twelves. I hate them. Yeah, and now the th- the thirteen fours are making noise and Richmond and beat Iowa. I said it last week, and I and I didn't take my advice. I had to take my own advice. I said Virginia Tech went on a run in the ACC tournament, yeah. and they looked like world beaters. You have them going deep. I had them deep. You they had them looked, going to the Elite looked, Eight. They looked really good. Yeah, but Iowa won the Big Ten tournament. Virginia Tech won the Big Ten tournament. They both were bounced in the first yep. round. So that is real. That is real. I forget who won the SEC championship, but it was Auburn was a regular season champion. But I forget who won it. I don't know if it was LSU or it wasn't Kentucky. But it may have been LSU, and they were bounced in the first round as well. Um, I may be mistaken about that. But still, it was a, it's, it's fun. The Cinderella's, the upsets, everything is fun about this time of year. And, oh, yeah. And the Canes, we just... We just got to keep it going. We got to keep it going, and uh, you know those those five ten matchups. Sophie Sophie has UM winning the whole. Well, Carlos, who filled, her boyfriend filled it out for, and he, so, she, so that's listen, her, that's her path to victory. And I, I wouldn't will, mind losing the office no, pool. There's a one hundred dollar <laughs> gas car, which is very necessary these days. I will hand it to her myself. 
and with my UM National Championship team. There you go. But you know what? It's just survive in advance. That's Iowa it. State, and then we play the winner of Providence and Kansas. Uh, this team can do it. They have confidence. They have the great coaching. The, the 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 game plan that Coach L had yesterday was amazing. Now switching gears because it's March, it's spring. We have baseball, baseball. games playing. And something happened on Saturday when I went out the grid because I had a wedding and then I had confessions and four. finally, okay, finally, we signed the Marlins did something. The World Series MVP. What is that? Jorge Soler. Let's go. We signed the World Series MVP. What is that? Let's Who is go. this team? I was tired of watching the entire league improve and, and our front office monitoring the situation. I go to stop monitoring. Let's go do something now. You called it, Castellanos. Signed with the Phillies. Phillies. Schwarber signed with the Phillies also. God, those two guys in Citizens Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schwarber's probably going to be a DH. Yeah. And Castellanos is a corner outfielder. That's how we, I guess we, you know, yeah, but Phillies, or, third ba- or third base, but we have BA over there, but, you know. I don't think we're done. I, I don't think we're done. What's left out there, though? I, I, I think we're going to do something crazy with it with on the trade market. There's not much. Does, the thing is, I don't. Does Solaire No, play? He's, a, he's a corner outfielder. So who's going to play center that's, field? That's why I don't think we're done. I don't know Are who you're going to go trade, after. You're going to trade one of the, the two corner. I love Jesus Sanchez. Don't touch him. No. But we, with who's the, our, who's with our left the, fielder? I forget. With the pitching depth we have? Yeah, I know. We could we could pull something off. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Solaire last year, he had... Uh, 246 average. Uh, actually, this is career stats. 246 average, 121 home runs. Uh, 343, 7P, 796 OPS. Uh, I I need to look up his World Series numbers because he went that, off. He, yeah, he really went off in the World Series, and obviously they uh they 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 uh won the World Series. He was a big part of why they won it. Uh, and this is something that. When I saw this, that we had signed the World Series MVP and Atlanta, very weird. Last week they, you know, they they trade for Matt Olson for first base. They let Freeman walk. Freeman says that he only heard from them twice. Once before the lockout started, just check. He said, "Oh, yeah. we're just checking in." And once after the lockout ended, "Oh, we're just checking in." And it's like, like he took it as an insult. And then when they he saw the Matt Olson thing, it was oh, I'm gone. I'm going to my hometown of um of uh. Of Los Angeles, and he signed with the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, my goodness, that lineup. Yeah. You know, you have when you have, when you add uh, Freddie Freeman into that lineup. So, so here's here's the, the the spring training lineup today for the Marlins. They're saying it looks a lot like what opening day could look like, minus mm-hmm. minus uh, Soler, who we just signed. So we got Jazz at second, Garrett okay. Cooper at first, Jesus Sanchez in center, and then this is why we would. We're, we can't be done. We have an excess of outfielders. Who's our Because then you got Avisel Garcia in right. You got Aggie DH, Joey Wendell at third. They have Brian Anderson slotted into left. Yeah, he played at some outfielder. outfielder then Jacob Stallings year. catching and, and Miggy Rowe at short. But we we got we got too many outfielders coming that we have Wendell. But that's a good problem. But uh, but I don't think we're done. No, I mean yeah, we have enough pitch, pitching depth that we could get an extra bat. Um. And a true center fielder because listen, Jesus Sanchez is a great athlete, tall kid, you know, looks great, looks confident at the plate. Oh, yeah. Listen, he looks more confident at the plate than Stan, who's been playing for so many years. When he walks up to the plate, come on. You know who looks confident at the plate? Who? Here it comes. 
We're going to rip them now. Isandias. Oh, man. The first thing we saw, when we saw the first box score, the first spring training. We were so happy to have baseball back, to be able to read a box (laughs) score, right? To have actual stats. Oh, you should have left the bumper music. And my boy Isandias goes 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. And some things never change. Nope. They they surely don't. Uh, by the way, the, the, he uh, he batted 300 uh, in the World Series, had three home runs in that world. When you have three home runs in the yeah. World Series, come on. Uh, Jorge Soler. Uh, yeah, not Isan Diaz. Not Isan Diaz. <laughs> Isan Diaz is, I was, looking, I was looking up the World Series stats. And he played for the Cubs in the 2016 run also. But um, this is the one that in the bumper music, you know, that's, jo- that's Jorge Soler. No, we, don't, we don't have the bumper music today. today but, but it's uh, like, get him out of here. Get, get him, out. you know, it's like. I mean, that's what spring training is for. And, and if we rip him and he starts going on a tear in spring training. But here's the thing. Do spring training stats mean anything? Absolutely not. No, they do not. Absolutely Just like not. preseason stats in the NFL don't mean anything. But we're so excited that we're talking actual baseball. We're talking hot stuff. We're talking stats. We're breaking down stats. Uh, now, it's a big week also. Not only do, uh, the Canes in the Sweet 16 this weekend. Not only do the Marlins keep ramping up for opening day, which I believe is April 7th. They open up in 10. Francisco and they could not move their home opener. It's on Holy Thursday. They couldn't move the time. It's at six forty. We have mass at eight. I'll be washing yeah. feet while they're playing. So, and you'll be there with me. So, yay! You'll be getting alerts on your. No, no, I'll be fine. I'll, I, I, I put it. I put the watch on on mass setting. Do not disturb, which no one can get through. So, but it's a big week because our U.S. soccer team. Starts their last three games of the World Cup qualifying. We're in second place in the in the table in the standings for Concacaf, but we have three tough games. We have Mexico on Thursday night. You want a good start time? There's another good start time. Ten o'clock Ugh. on Thursday. I'm gonna uh, watch it all. You're gonna watch it all from Azteca. <laughs> and Sunday at seven o'clock here in Orlando against Panama. That's where you have to clinch it. Yep. Because if not, I believe it's next Wednesday. Let me just double check. It's next Wednesday at 9.05. Everybody plays at the same time in Costa Rica. Ooh. So Costa Rica hasn't played well, but they've been playing better as of late. And I'm not confident with our, you know, we have a lot of injuries. McKinney's injured. Uh, Christian has not looked well. It's not looked right. I'm praying he comes back. Gio needs to come. I don't even know. I haven't looked at it. He's on the, uh, if he's on the roster, but so many guys. Need to step up and just bring it home. We're not playing Trinidad, thankfully. You know, so that's that's going to be a big, a big weekend. Uh, and we got to root, folks, for the Nigerian soccer team because oh, yeah. they, they're different. Because we have three games and it's, it's the accumulation of points gets the same. You just you just want to see the house priest. No, no, they nuts. have fun. They play <laughs> they play Ghana in a home and away, and whoever wins the home and away in aggregate advances to the World Cup. They play Ghana, and their first game is three o'clock hour. I believe. Is it 3 o'clock? Yeah, 3 o'clock our time on Friday. And that should be incredible fun yes. to, to see our, our, our Nigerian priest, Father Uko. You got to take my order, Comber. Put it on the big screen. <laughs> we'll go crazy if I do that. And that's on. But there, there's so much stuff. We didn't even get to the Heat, who play the, the big game against the Sixers tonight. Uh, so much t- uh, stuff to talk about. Now, uh, many of you thought, okay, we're going to do the Oscar people today. We're not. Uh, I was going to do it with somebody else. You know, we are, I, I plan, and this is going to be news series, I haven't told them yet, I plan to do a special episode for the Annunciation on Friday, 
and which is only right and just because there's a lot of things happening on Friday. This Friday? This Friday. Uh, no, no, we'll, rec- be, we'll record it beforehand. You'll be flying solo. No, no, we'll record it beforehand, <laughs> you know, and then we'll post it on Friday. Uh, that's right. And then um, I know how to do things. But you do. I'm just it's telling so, you you're going to fly solo. But And then, you know, we'll have a special guest to uh, to preview the Oscars. But before we do that, the one movie that you wanted, to, we've, I've been teasing it for like three weeks. You, you and Angie three didn't weeks, see it. Three weeks, like th- since... Since, since you uh, watched it. Since, no, you've been teasing it since your homily with the couple months ago. No, that was more than a couple months ago. That was last <laughs> fall. But you saw Coda. Coda. And, you know, tell me why that's the best film of the year. Oh, that's my the- God. I mean, well, the story is just phenomenal. The the Now, I'm watching it as a parent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's going to pull the heartstrings. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away and, and ruin if, if anyone hasn't seen the movie. But there's a scene... With with the the dad and his daughter, he's gonna win a best a best. Uh, oh, he has an, to a, an Oscar. He has to the father. There's there's a scene. He won everything. That uh, I mean, Angie and I were sitting on the couch, and you know, I I I knew she was already you know had the misty eyes, the yeah. misty eyes, and you know I lost it. I yeah. You know, she just she looked up at me. I I rarely get that emotional watching a movie. So when she saw me crying, then you're an just, emotional dude. I am, but but I don't. You don't cry during movies? No, not not often. You laugh at the end of Bambi or something <laughs> during Bambi, or during Bambi, not at the end. That's cruel. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean the the move, just the way it was done. The, the, they're actually uh, deaf yeah, the, actors. The, they're deaf actors. Marley Mann, who won a Oscar. In I didn't. I didn't realize that until after we had yeah. watched watch the movie. Marley Matlin. Marley Matlin is. Uh, so Coda is children of deaf adults, and that's what it means. And there's there's a play on that word, yeah. which what you will see when it, the movie. So Marley Mallon, who is the mother in the movie, she won an Oscar in 1986 for Children of a Lesser God. She was the first deaf actress to win it, and hopefully, I forget the name of the actor, the father, will be the first deaf actor, male actor, to win an Oscar. And then the, the older brother is also deaf, but the second daughter, the youngest daughter, can hear. Now she knows sign language. Now yeah. the three actors are act the, the the mother, the father, and the older son are deaf actors. the The girl that played Ruby, the youngest daughter, she is not deaf, and she did not know American Sign Language. She learned it oh, in wow. the movie, and my goodness, she my sister saw this. She's a sign language interpreter. Here's a uh, you know, she saw it and she was like amazed by by that performance, yeah. and she was not nominated for anything. And and which boggles me to be able to learn American Sign That's Language great. No, that just well. That, that it was an incredible movie, and and it's, it's an ample plus, a, a beautiful a beautiful plus. story. I know that voters in the you know they don't they don't care. We'll about talk it. about that <laughs> when we when we release that on Friday. But it's like no, but it's gaining momentum. But there's, the just, SAG there's so much a couple weeks ago trash out there. There is, the, and the, the, just some of these movies. The, I, mean, I haven't seen them all, but you saw but, up. At, you saw but don't re, look up. Don't look. Yeah. Which is all funny, funny satirical movie, but it belongs nowhere near an Oscar ballot for anything. Compare it to put it's, it doesn't belong in the no, same sentence as Coda. No, it doesn't belong in the category. It doesn't belong, you know, in the discussion for that whole evening. No, but um, but it's a great movie. It lit, it's on Apple TV Plus. It's four ninety nine. If you I haven't done it, highly recommend. You did watch. it on a free trial, so I you could did. get it. You do. I, mean, com- I did. And I'm so glad I did. And, that, you, wow. and you also binged Ted Lasso while you while you were while during that free trial and believe, you know, be a goldfish. All that. Don't don't settle for flying. 
There's so many great Don't you quotes. dare settle, settle for, for fine. fine. Yeah. To keep it PG here. Right. <laughs> My friends, uh, we're going to, next week's, uh, next Monday's uh, podcast, we'll get into what I said at the end of the first segment. Uh, when we lose everything, you know, that's sometimes when we find God. But I encourage you to come to Father Omar's talk on Wednesday to on how to make a good confession. And I encourage you to delve deeper into what repentance is. What does it mean to repent? Are we sincerely remorseful when we walk into a confessional? And if you haven't done it yet, come to confession this Saturday, 8.30 to 10. We're there. Lent is still going. We're almost halfway there to Easter. You know, so many good things are happening spiritually for our community, things going on behind the scenes that, you know, very few people see. And it's the spirit at work, and we talked about it last week, and that's what has the, the evil one quivering and trying to, you know, block us from experiencing the kindness and mercy and the mercy of our living God. So what does repentance mean? And, you know, meditate upon, yes, God is patient. Why are we so impatient with him? Lord, give us patience. Lord, give us the strength to feel shame for our sins, to be able to confess them, and to be truly remorseful and to repent during this Lenten season. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.